Dan! 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 Hi, and welcome to DanCast, the digital advertising news podcast brought to you by SearchStar. My name's Nick, I'm the marketing manager at SearchStar, and as always, I'm joined by the famous Dan Fallon. Hello. Um, how are you, Dan? I'm very cheerful, thank you very much. Very cheerful. <laughs> Why are you so cheerful? Oh, I don't know, because I've got a nice day, because I've been to the gym, I'm going to London, and I've got to talk about interesting things in this podcast. Great. I'm glad you're so excited about it. Speaking about London, why are you going to London? Tell us all. I am going to London because we, the Drum RAR Awards are tonight and we are nominated in two categories, which hopefully we'll win, but I will find out in about 12 hours' time. We'll see. This is the first time we've been nominated in the RAR Awards, the proper RAR Awards. We've yeah, had... we did very, very well in the Digi- RAR Digital Awards last year. In fact, um, I can see four of them We've won four, including the Grand Prix. We won the Advertising Award, the Conversion Award and oh, yeah. the Analytics Award and then the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix being a bit of a surprise. And I, to be honest, I can't. I think we're up for media buying and and uh, and maybe effectiveness. Actually, I think in tonight's category, yeah. but it's kind of it's a slightly tougher. It's a tougher, tougher. It's set a of bigger awards. pool, isn't it? It's there? a bigger pool. It's not purely digital, and there are slightly few awards to win. So I will be. I'll be slightly pleasantly surprised if we win, but obviously we deserve to win. But whether or not we do win, don't know. Cross your fingers, retrospectively, listeners. Yeah. If you hear a big cheer <laughs> about half past 11, that's us. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're on, a, I think we're on episode four of Dancast mm-hmm. right now, which is, which is great. Um, this one, however, is going to be talking all about growth in advertising. All about money. All about growth, all about money. Uh, rather interestingly, against the backdrop of Facebook being wrapped on the knuckles and, and all of that sort of <laughs> going a bit awry... But um, let's go. I mean, let's go straight into to topic one, which is Google growth. I think it was yesterday that Google announced this morning. This morning, yep. sorry, sorry, listeners. Uh, this morning that Google announced its Q1 revenue growth. Well, it announced its Q1 revenue, which saw year-on-year growth of a remarkable, frankly, twenty-six percent mm-hmm. to thirty-one point one six billion dollars. That's for a quarter, not for a full year. So that's a quarter, um, mm-hmm. which is. Well, it's, it's above bigger than us, isn't it? <laughs> it's bigger than us. <laughs> Although, actually, we are growing, and actually, they're growing at roughly the same rate as us, actually. We're growing at roughly 26%. But, wow. So, yeah. we're, so, so we're keep, growing at the same rate as, as Google. We are officially, yeah, <laughs> neck and neck in the great stakes. Oh, uh, yeah. well, maybe we'll beat them to a trillion-dollar company yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> we have to keep it um, up for a while. <laughs> um, basically, Google's growing faster than it was a year ago uh, and has far outstripped the Wall Street expectations, which is obviously keeping its investors pretty happy. Uh, the cost per click Google's receiving on its ads, however, is actually shrinking, uh, in part due to growing numbers of mobile traffic and how those mobile users interact with advertising. Um, however, the reason it is growing is because Google's advertising is just getting in front of more people, um, and that's outweighing the reduction it's seeing in its cost per click. Dan, as... A veteran mm-hmm. of the PPC agent um, industry. Yep. What do you make of all this? Um, I think they're a very healthy set of numbers. I'm. It's not. I mean, Google has grown historically by more than twenty six percent year on year. But I think their profits. The impressive number was their profits were up eighty something percent 
because um, I think they're becoming a more mature business and so having to invest less in sort of pure growth and they're starting to reap some of the profits um, in a similar way that Amazon for years have made no money and they just invested absolutely in everything in building the business and they kind of went, no, we're going to do growth first and make money second. And now Amazon are reaping enormous rewards. Google's always made money because the advertising, in the, because pay-per-click is fundamentally a money fountain mm-hmm. as far yeah. as Google's <laughs> concerned. Um, but 26% is a very healthy number for what is becoming a mature business that Facebook's been, or Google's been knocking around for pushing pushing 20 years now. Um, the cost per click number falling, that, that on the surface is worrying, but then when you actually break that out by desktop, tablet, mobile, it's less, it's, it, it's expected people will pay. The type of click you get off mobile is slightly less valuable. There are a shed load more of them though, and mm-hmm. people are searching on mobiles at phenomenal rates, so they've got piles of search there. Um, what isn't what we haven't mentioned also so far is that a lot of the growth is coming out of non-advertising businesses. So it's coming out of Google Play, Google software business. I think in a few years' time, it's going to come out of Google's car business. I was reading yeah. an article about the UK motor industry talking about how you know everyone's getting a bit weepy about the UK motor industry because diesel people are shying away from diesel cars and quietly also the car manufacturers are moving out of the UK because of Brexit. But they were saying actually the real threat is going to come from the new car manufacturers. And there they cited Google and Amazon, or sorry, Google and Apple, especially, you know, in their launch. So I think Google and things like Google Cloud Services, they're, they're, they're becoming quite big revenue drivers for Google. I think when yeah. I looked at the numbers in preparation for this, I think the, the non-advertising businesses were providing about 20% of the revenue. And the growth rate on the non-advertising businesses was faster than the advertising businesses. Yeah, they so are think, diversifying yeah. quite extensively, yep. Google. And I think that's... What, hence, I mean, if you, hence turning themselves into Alphabet rather than Google. Yeah, there's Alphabet, so much they need to cover. Alphabet yeah. allowed them to turn themselves into a holding company that contained the Google advertising business, as well as car businesses, businesses that put balloons above Africa to give broadband <laughs> and all the other bits and bobs they get themselves involved and various medical research bits to do with big data that I they're mean, involved to, in. To what extent do you think that that's reactive to what Amazon, someone like Amazon's doing because Amazon's got an incredibly diversified business? Do you think, or maybe not so much as Google, but do you think that Google are basically getting in. They see they don't see so much growth in the future in their advertising platform. And do you think that in this race to be the first trillion dollar company, that diversification is going to be? No, I don't think it is diversification. I think it comes out if, if Google's mission has always been to organise the world's information, and okay. organising the world's information does not mean that you necessarily make your money out of advertising. No, organising the world's information can be that actually you organise the way the geography and the mapping systems that allow car and provide all the data and the information that allows a car to drive and therefore you get into the car business i don't think it's a deliberately strategy of although i don't think diversification is a bad thing but i still think it's all and you know things like getting into medical research and medical data again it's about organizing the world's information and saying actually there are better there are ways of moving all of this patient data around Mm -hmm. and actually there are insights to be had from it so, you, so as you see it, mm-hmm. Google is basically running off its own script 
and working out ways that it can have an impact in different industries. Yes, it's seeing opportunities to extend what it's good at and make money in different ways. Or to, to, to take what it's good at into different industries mm-hmm. and, 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 and build successful businesses. Okay, interesting. Um, do, and bringing it back to advertising, do you, I mean, obviously this is remarkable growth mm-hmm. and bigger growth than expected, but do you think it will continue? Do you think that basically the impression share Google's getting will continue to outweigh the reduction in cost per click? Yeah, I don't think the, the reduction in cost per click is, is a sideshow, and that will, it is just a fact that they were, say they were taking a pound a click on um, desktops and they're getting 80p a click on mobiles, and now they're getting increasing number percentages of clicks out of mobile, so the average cost per click falls. Eventually, it will end up 100% mobile, which only means it just plateaus out at ATP. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean it goes towards zero. It just means it hits a plateau. I think the growth will continue in the... I'm, I'm less knowledgeable at the non-advertising businesses. I think they're bigger, more risky plays. But I can only really comment on the advertising one. The advertising one will have a limit, um, because there is only so much advertising out there to be had, mm-hmm. and Google are nearing peak in terms of okay. the vast, I think, 60-70% of online advertising is going through either, I think it's 75% of online advertising goes through either Google or Facebook at the moment. Mm-hmm. Facebook, although they've got troubles... The ad industry is continuing to pump money into them. Well, they've grown. It's um, remarkable because since since the whole Facebook and Cambridge Analytica yeah. debacle, advertising spend on Facebook's grown. Yeah, well, because it, it does work. It kind of is testament <laughs> to how effective it is. Is what Donald Trump managed to get up to. Um, so I think I think they will they will top out, but there's more growth to be had. You know, if you look at 26 percent this year, maybe it'll be 24, 22 next year, and it'll it'll tail. But it'll there's tail, still, but there's still plenty there to be had. Okay, and. I personally really interested to see which company becomes the first trillion dollar company. What's well, who's your money on? Just come on, put it out there. I still, but I mean, Google is still incredibly well run. They do everything pretty perfectly. Uh-huh. Um, Facebook are, are showing are showing their flaws. I'd put my money on Google, but TBC. Okay. I've never bought shares in any of them. Probably I should have. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay, great. Uh, thanks for that, Dan. Uh, now we're going to go over to Ryan, our conversion and analytics director, who has been on the show before talking about GDPR. He is going to talk about GDPR again because GDPR is a mere 31 days out, 32 Ooh, days Ryan. out. We're all very excited. Um, so, yeah, over to Ryan. Hi, and welcome back, Ryan. Hello. To, the, to Dancast, um, here to talk about GDPR again, our analytics and conversion director. Um, I don't know how you feel about GDPR, Ryan, but this morning it was described by a member of your team as akin to dry Weetabix. Um, other wheat-based bisques are available. Um, I, I don't want to say how I feel about it because okay. this is a family-friendly podcast. Okay. So. <laughs> Too many swear. There aren't enough swear words in the world. <laughs> yeah. I have to create a new one. Um, we're, we're filming um, Dancast now as well, by the way. Um, so say hello to all the people watching out there. Um, <laughs> if there are any at all. Um, so, 34 days until GDPR, or 34 days and maybe 15 hours or something like that, um, until GDPR hits. 
but many people, it seems, still don't know if they are ready for GDPR. Um, although, well, I mean... Well, I don't know if anyone does, really. <laughs> no one knows if they're ready for GDPR or not, um, or what they're going to do about it. Uh, we've talked a lot in-house recently about cookie notices, Yeah. Um, and I think you've been talking about that more widely as well. Um, we'll have one on our website very soon, by the way, folks, so mm-hmm. that's something to get excited about. But to help people answer the question about whether they're ready for GDPR or not, you've come up with 12 key questions um, that can help them answer that vital question. Um, well, we've written we've we've written a few blogs about blog posts about GDPR now, and I think there's so much content out there, including our blog posts, that it gets a bit confusing. So we thought we'd try to write a single blog post that, at least in a short and sweet way, prompted. Um, you to get to the point, essentially, so you try and give some quick help. Uh-huh. That was the aim of it. Um, but yeah, I can quickly talk through through the blog post. Um, but obviously, other, if other people, if you want to look at the look at the blog post for reference, then it's on our on our website. So twelve key, key questions. Um, I think I think let's keep this quick fire. We so don't want to hold not, people up on their commute. I'm not going to talk through every every single point one by one, but essentially, there's some links on that on that post to um, additional info as well. Uh, and also there's the key caveat, obviously, that we're not lawyers, so we're not giving you legal advice. We are simply giving you our interpretation of what we think you might want to consider doing. And the 12, the 12 different points that I've put on there, they sort of break up into three different categories. And one of them is about your privacy policy on your website. So essentially, is that really clear and visible? Does it state exactly what you use personal data for? Does it state how you store and process that data does it explain how someone can request that their data is removed because there's this new right to be forgotten piece, obviously, that's that's coming in as um, part of GDPR? Uh, and also, you ne- kind of need to point out who they, who people can contact to ask any questions as well. So that's where the data protection officer piece comes in, where you have to have somebody who's got that responsibility. They're the privacy policy points. Then there's a couple where essentially to prompt you to think about your cookie policy to make sure you're thinking about cookies as well, not just personally identifiable information, but um, cookies and IP addresses, etc., are all coming under GDPR now. So uh, consider that as well, including um, this cookie notice question. So I've been um, anti-cookie notices previously, but I think it's something that's unavoidable now and effectively is the only way that you can get um, appropriate permissions to use cookies uh, without, without falling foul. And the final um, questions are essentially about that personal data. So essentially, the safest thing to do is to think about whether you actually need to capture it or not. So keep it to a minimum, uh, make it clear why you need that data, make it clear what's going to happen next with that when you use that data uh, and signpost people off to your privacy policy. And then the final one is you make it clear what people are opting into. So if you're asking people for their personal data, what exactly are they opting into? So both um, what can they expect to happen, but also what permission is it that um, that you're asking them for? Uh, because you need to be very, very explicit to get that permission now. So you can't just get people to sign up for a newsletter and then start using that data for all kinds of other things. You've got to explain that you're going to send them a newsletter and also do the other things you're going to use the data for. I think that's it. Great. That, well, that's covered all 12 questions in, in grouping. Um, if you are interested in reading more about the, the specific questions, um, head on over to the Search Star blog, and they're somewhere, maybe sixth or seventh on the list, because we are we're pretty good at getting new blog content out there 
to be honest, blowing my own trumpet there, but they, they've course. become buried a little bit. So um, if you head down there, um, you'll find them pretty easily, I think. And you should also keep an eye on the Search Star website because we're continually updating our cookie policy on there. And also, we like Nick said, we're going to have a cookie notice on there soon. So... Um, exciting so, times yeah. ahead. So we're we, we're trying we're doing what we feel is appropriate for our for our website. So using that as reference may help you um, evaluate what you need to do for your own website as well. I suppose. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Right, we're back. Hello again. We've heard Amazon. from Ryan. Ryan's talked about GDPR, and as Dan preemptively just said. We are now going to talk about Amazon. Um, probably, probably a little less interesting, maybe, than Google. I don't know. Let's see what Dan no, has to I say. Strongly disagree. Strongly okay. disagree. Okay, I'm glad he strongly disagreed because now people will stick around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amazon is the most interesting thing going on at the moment in the UK ad industry. Wow. Okay, we'll delve into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what we're going to talk about is the fact that Amazon is now the fifth largest retailer in the UK behind only the top four supermarkets, mm-hmm. Asda, Tesco, Sainsbury's, and the other one. Morrison's. No, no, it's not Morrison's. It's not Morrison's. Morrison's is eighth. Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Asda. No, it is Morrison's. It's not. I swear. It's not Morrison's. We can have a bet on this. Morrison's is the fourth largest UK supermarket. I Officially, I declare. Okay. We'll look into that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's wrong. You probably think it's Waitrose because you're posh. I don't shop at Waitrose. Yeah, right. Frugal feeding, Dan. Um, <laughs> any, anyway, Amazon's rise to fifth largest retailer in the UK, not behind Morrison's, <laughs> brings into focus its impressive year on your growth. You're going to have to edit that when it is <laughs> Morrison's. <laughs> but, Amazon's there's booths, value. There's Booths is another supermarket, but that's tiny. Booths. Booths is a northern supermarket. You wouldn't have heard of it because you're a posh southerner. But um, I'm Welsh. But there is I'm no Welsh, other mate. supermarket. <laughs> Name another bloody supermarket. Uh, Lidl. Which it could be Lidl or Aldi. It's not Aldi. Aldi's like ninth, but I think it could I'm be Lidl. I'm certain it's Morrison's. All right, we'll have a fight over this yeah. in a bit. <laughs> right, advertising. Dancast advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon's got pretty impressive year on year yeah. growth. Same as Google, its value has essentially doubled in the past few years, mm-hmm. which is frankly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does this say about Amazon? Why? Tell us, Dan, why do you think that Amazon is the most exciting thing going on in the ad world at the moment? A um, couple of reasons. One, um, because they are into a few different things. At a basic level, if you think about the Amazon retail shop, They've got a. They've got incredible data on what you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, they they know that I am going to Botswana because I go into Amazon and I buy Lonely Planet Botswana. They know that my wife is into psychotherapy because she buys shed loads of psychotherapy books. They know that my I've got kids because I buy kids scooters. Their their retail data is brilliant, um, and they are. There is a small advertising search platform that they're building within it where their retailers can advertise, but that's not the big play. There is what the more interesting play is taking the fact that I've bought a Lonely Planet Botswana and then saying, okay, right, let's sell him stuff to do with long haul travel. Let's sell him some Mm. flights. Let's sell him a safari hat. Let's sell him some mosquito cream. Let's do all of that. 
and to buy and they're the Amazon outside of Amazon platform they, they're buying in inventory from other people overlaying it with their data and selling it on as very high quality ad space very successfully the other two big plays they've got going on in the advertising space is Amazon TV um, second only to Netflix and catching up fast and if you can I can quite see a world where really I mean the vast bulk of my TV viewing goes through Amazon or Netflix at the moment with a bit of iPlayer but yes. often I actually watch the iPlayer through through Amazon yeah me too um, I, all, all of my TV Amazon TV they're, they're increasing although people talk about Netflix the, 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 the big budgets and the big pockets are with Amazon Netflix is a standalone business which only has Netflix Amazon TV have the beast of Amazon behind it yeah. and Jeff Bezos is pretty determined that he's going to make it into the largest TV service in the world. And if you can imagine, at the moment, they're not putting advertising through that. But if you can imagine they were to decide to, then they know exactly what advertising to show me because they know what I've been buying. They've got phenomenal data from the fact that I'm going to Botswana so they can start showing me ads for hotels in Botswana on my Amazon TV. And they're controlling all my TV viewing. The other thing that Amazon are up to that's enormously interesting is the Amazon Dot or Echo or whatever it's called. Echo Dot. The Echo Dot, which is their AI little thing. And a friend of mine who works for BT said they took apart one of those dots, which I think are being pretty much given away with a packet of cornflakes at the moment, or they cost about 20 <laughs> yeah. quid or 30 quid on Amazon. And he said there's more like a sort of 130, 150 quids worth of electronics in one of those. And really Amazon are giving them away as a lost leader because what they want is they want to get that little AI thingy into your house so that you start shopping with them so that it becomes your new search engine so that it it starts and I can see a way that if your your personal assistant is going to become your search engine it's going to become Mm -hmm. it's going to control vast amounts of your purchasing and what you do like a sort of very well trained PA that sort of does all your shopping for you and so, and there's an and so there's a there's a turf war, a market share, like the browser wars of the '90s, to really push. It's where, where Amazon are really pumping these out. Google is really pumping out yeah. its home devices. But what's really what's interesting is that actually Amazon's, I think, well ahead of Google. Like something, some ridiculous percentage of households in the US have an Echo because they've been given them because they've got essentially just giving yeah. them away. It's but, more about physical yeah, growth first, have. and then. But also, an enormous percentage of them have um, Google through their Android devices. So yeah. essentially, they're pushing. You know, Google were already in there with the phones. Mm-hmm. Amazon don't do phones, and so they're having to go. They're having to go the Echo Dot route. There's, and I think. And there, there will be, and which depending on who ends up controlling the dominant, the dominant AI assistants. Already, I'm going to a conference this summer. I'm going to Google. I'm going to San Jose. I'm going to, going to the going to the mother load of Mountain View this summer. <laughs> and it's interesting. I'm looking at the agenda for that conference now. And they're starting. Google is starting not to use the word search okay. as a, as a product. They're calling it assistance. Right. So they're saying, actually, well, you, you, you're, you're not searching. You're searching for, you're wanting assistance. So actually, it's all about your assistant. So, okay, Dan, why are you looking for a holiday in Botswana? Why are you looking for a guy that you need information about? Maybe your assistant should go off and find some information on Botswana for you. And so that's what, so the new, so I think the word search is going to disappear and instead it's going to become assistance. Do you see, so you, you almost think search has been used up till now because that is 
what people understand, but almost they're creating this new type of. It's logical. Thing. That it's logical that me proactively searching is the last thing I want to do. Ideally, somebody would have already brought me the solution. Yeah. So why should I have to go off and find my own Botswana book? <laughs> Surely, when I booked my flights to Botswana's, somebody should have said, would you be wanting a Botswana book, sir? <laughs> and I should automatically have one delivered. So we're, we're going to end up with an in-house Jeeves. You're going to end up with an in-house Well, it'll probably be implanted in your brain and it will all happen already. <laughs> but basically, that's why everyone's interested. And Amazon... So Amazon are going to go from this e-commerce retailer that flogged books yeah. to an e-commerce retailer that flogs everything that also uses that leverages that data about what you buy to control vast amounts of advertising selling products they sell product helping other people sell products they don't like insurance they're then going to get very interested in how they use that data in their TV service where they will attempt to take apart Amazon I think I read that Amazon have just bought the US Open tennis rights for yes, outside of the yeah. US. I'm told that next time the Premiership football rights come up, they will give Sky a very big run for their money. Because if you think about it, it's a company like Sky, actually they're not that big a company in the big scheme of things. The likes of Amazon could eat yeah. Sky for breakfast. So when the Premiership rights come up, it'll be guys, actually, they're just available on Amazon. It's part of Amazon Prime. Off you go. And as far as Amazon are concerned, they spend a few billion on it. And yet it makes a massive impact globally because yeah. actually that's available now on Amazon Prime. And Helps it's them, damages their competitors. Damages their competitors, wipes out the competitors. And Netflix will also be bidding for it. When I first somebody told me this really? about two years ago, I was kind of, really? Netflix and Amazon Prime carrying all the telly? And then you start now, a year, two years later on, it actually feels like a fairly logical thing. Yeah, well, I'm struggling to imagine Netflix streaming live sport I, um, I don't I'm understand sh- why you are struggling <laughs> just because just they I guess just because they don't I need to open my mind a little bit you need to open your mind they're already well they started off in films now people are watching shed loads of documentaries drama TV why shouldn't they watch sport so Vicky <laughs> cheers Dan <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, so we've got Amazon basically trying to create this physical growth where they're getting echoes into people's houses mm-hmm. and they're, they're getting people onto the TV streaming. Yep. Um, advertising at the moment seems, feels little used or little yeah. focused on. Do you, but do you think that once Amazon hit this critical mass on those platforms and they start unleashing their data upon their own advertising, do you think that, that yeah. people like Google and Facebook and maybe even Bing will feel threatened in some way yeah, advertising on streaming on streaming video, whether it's on YouTube or Netflix or Amazon, well, YouTube are doing advertising, but they're not completely comfortable with it yet. Mm-hmm. The customer doesn't much like it, almost certainly. But I can see Amazon or Google or YouTube are moving towards a, a six-second pre-roll ad. Okay. And I could see that the consumer... And if you go on to... Or certainly, I'm, I'm more of an Amazon user. If you go on to Amazon... And pre-everything, there's a 10-second trailer. If instead of that 10-second trailer, they just said, actually, no, it's just a six-second product ad for some fairy liquid, that wouldn't enormously bother me. I might start to question why I pay them 60 quid a year or whatever I pay for my Mm -hmm. prime. But basically, I can see them moving there. That's a fairly seamless little ad step. 
Yeah. The other ad step they've still got to work out how to do is into your assistant how they weave ads. Because if I... And there, I think, I can't remember whether we've talked about this on the podcast, it's a conversation that comes up a lot in the office yeah. about how AI and advertising are going to work. But in... It will be essentially, if I search for a hotel in Bristol, it will be, aha, Dan, we have a sponsored result today for you from, from Marriott. Mm-hmm. But there's only so long I'm willing to listen to that radio ad, what is yeah. essentially a radio ad, before I click in, before I want to get the actual number one organic result. So I don't think, I think until they can get those ads brilliantly relevant, so mm-hmm. they're perfect every time, so that I don't res- remotely resent them, they're shying away from putting the advertising in. And also, at the moment, they're, they're in that growth stage where all they care about is growth. They'll yeah. worry about the money later. They worry about the advertising. At the moment, they just want you to get you locked into their, their, their assistant, and then they'll do the advertising. So, well, I think we fairly safe to say we see plenty of growth in Amazon's future. Amazon is going to be, in two years' time, when we, we talk about, at the moment, we talk about advertising being Google and Facebook. In two years' time, it's going to be Google, Facebook, Amazon. Okay, wow, that's... I was going to ask you about five years' time. Two years' time. Two years' time. You heard it here, Amazon, two years' time. It's going to be one of the biggies in advertising. Yeah. There we go. Great. That's the podcast for this week, uh, for this month, sorry. Number four done. In terms of the speed, there's a speed thing, which was basically, or what we are being taught in digital, is basically the pace of growth is accelerating. So kind of if you thought that things grew fast and moved quickly in the last five years, they will move so much faster over the next couple in a sort of terrifying, okay. constant acceleration. So just sort of, I think we can't underestimate how quickly some of these things will happen. So we don't know, we're not exactly sure where we're going to be in five years. No. That's too, too big a question. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's try and end it again. That's the end of Dancast episode Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.